Hello, it's good to have you with us here at Leadership for Sustainability, the podcast for directors and managers who want to develop and lead sustainability initiatives that deliver results and make a real difference in the world. I'm Osbert Lancaster, longtime sustainability coach, consultant and trainer, and co-founder of Realize Earth. In this episode, we're focusing on how you can build support among directors and senior managers for sustainability and for your sustainability initiative. Their support is going to be essential because any sustainability initiative that's going to make a difference will need resources, support and cooperation, and ultimately for people to come together around a shared vision and purpose. One of the best ways to build that support and get these key people on board is to have one-to-one conversations with them. So in this episode, first of all, I'm going to share a bit about my experience of doing this as a sustainability consultant with one of my clients, and then I'm going to suggest how you can adapt that for your situation. Most of the projects that I'm involved with as a sustainability consultant start off by interviewing key staff. And I do that by following the approach outlined in the previous episode. That approach is based around three phases, listening, sense-making and inviting. So the example I'll go through briefly, the client was a high-profile public sector organisation. I was commissioned to help them develop a sustainable procurement policy. And it was a fairly big and complex project, but the phases were fairly clear. And the first one of those was, was listening having identified the key senior staff across the organisation and some other individuals who are going to be very influential and involved in the procurement process. I interviewed all those people. And what I wanted to do here was really to interview them as whole people and not just as their job title. So really try and understand their sort of personal interests, their personal concerns, their personal motivations, rather than just how they thought about these issues around sustainability and and purchasing, how they saw them just in a professional context. So what did that look like in practice? At these interviews, I would discover that people were interested in things like fair trade because they were involved in a fair trade group in their church. I discovered that people were interested in organic agriculture and healthy food because it turned out not only did they have an organic vegetable box, but they also volunteered on a regular basis at the organic farm. I discovered that somebody else was really interested in and concerned about issues around gender equality. Those were their personal interests. They weren't necessarily things that they normally talked about at work in a professional context. But as those interviews developed, I was able to sort of to weave them into the conversation and sort of start reflecting them back. So when we started talking about the cafeteria in the organisation, I was able to bring in things like, do they serve fair trade products? Do they serve organic products? What about healthy eating? So when we were talking about the purchase of uniforms for the security staff, that led us on to a conversation about sweatshops and the conditions of the workers making those uniforms. And then as the conversation developed, when I started asking these questions about these different aspects of sustainability and how were they being taken account of at the moment in the procurement policy and how might they be taken account of in the future, when that started bringing up all the various barriers that public sector purchasing faces, they were really open to thinking, well, how can we do the best we can within the constraints of public sector procurement regulations, rather than immediately, which often happens otherwise, rather than immediately just like saying, well, the regulations don't allow us to do anything beyond choose the lowest price products. Of course, not all of the people I interviewed were actively involved in those kinds of 
sustainability-related projects. But by trying to connect with them early on in the conversation at a personal level, I was able to help them really sort of think about how the sustainable purchasing issues were related to their personal interests and, and concerns. One of the really quite powerful ways we did that was that very early on in the project, actually before we started doing most of the interviews, we decided that rather than talking about sustainable purchasing, that it would make more sense to actually talk about responsible purchasing. We had a really strong hunch that the organisation liked to think of itself as a responsible organisation, and so that talking about responsible purchasing would actually make it seem much more relevant. And after all, who wants to be associated with irresponsible purchasing? That meant that I could ask questions like, what would responsible purchasing look like for you? Flipping that around, I could ask, well, what would it look like if the way the organisation did purchasing was irresponsible? What sort of things would happen then? And those opened up some really rich conversations. In these conversations, another issue that I'm really looking for and listening for is people's needs, things that would help them engage and support the initiative. So there might be things like they might need reassurance around certain issues. For example, in this case, you know, getting reassurance around the things that they would want to do. How would they be compatible with public sector procurement regulations? Or maybe they would need to be assured that products that were seen as more responsible would still meet performance specifications, for example. They might not come out and say, I need X, Y and Z, but I'd always be listening for those needs. So I was aware of them so that we could then think about how we were going to address them in the next phase of the project. So the interviews were very much an information gathering exercise. They were really about listening. They were about encouraging and stimulating people to think and reflect and hearing what they were interested in, what they were concerned about and what they needed. I always build these as an interview rather than as a meeting because that really gave me the freedom to keep asking questions rather than getting into a conversation, getting into a dialogue about offering solutions and trying to explain and enter into arguments. That took us on to the second phase of sense-making when I analysed the interviews and in doing that, what I was looking for was the common themes that were coming through, the particular interest and concerns that could be connected really strongly and effectively with responsible purchasing. And also looking out, really trying to understand what are the needs that people are expressing here need to be addressed in the next phase. And in this sense-making phase, I also undertook a fair amount of desk research. So reviewing existing documentation around the corporate vision, its mission, commitments and strategies and policies and really in all of that, looking for connections between what they were already committed to or working towards and connections between that and responsible purchasing. So to help show how there was continuity between this new agenda and progress towards the aims they were already committed to. The idea being that the more we could show that continuity and how this was supporting existing aims, the easier it would be for the board that was making the final decision to support the adoption of the policy. Then we got onto this final phase of inviting. Think about this as inviting because what I'm trying to do is not to force or coerce people to get involved with a sustainability project. What I'm doing is trying to show them how this is something that they already are interested in and support and potentially can even meet some of the needs they have and inviting them to, to join others in the organisation on that journey. So that's the background to why I like to think about this as inviting. In practical terms, what I was doing here at this phase was using that desk research 
and indeed some input from some workshops with other staff we held, using that information to start drafting a responsible procurement policy. And then going back to the interviewees and inviting them to give feedback on it and contribute to the revision of the responsible procurement policy so that it was very much something that they could recognise their input in that. It was something that they felt a, a sense of connection and ownership with. And after the various revisions, that draft policy then went with their endorsement to the board for adoption. And I'm glad to say it was adopted, and it was one of the things which helped that organisation get started on its sustainability journey. So I hope that's given you a bit of insight into how I apply this approach in my work. So, having taken you through that example, I now want to look at how you can apply this approach yourself. To help me focus, I'm making an assumption here that you've recently taken on responsibility for sustainability in your organisation and that the organisation doesn't already have a sustainability strategy or initiative and it's your role to come up with a plan. You can adapt this approach to many other situations, but for now, to keep it simple, that's the sort of assumption I'm making as to where you're at and how you might be using this. Let's outline the process that you'll go through. Your first step will be to interview senior management and potentially other key individuals within the organisation. And then after the listening process, you'll move into making sense. You'll review the interviews, you'll review existing documentation and commitments and so on. And the, the final phase is the inviting when you think about possible next steps and you invite the interviewees to take part in further meetings or workshops or to approve draft documentation and so on. So that's the overview. Let's go into this in a bit more depth. So starting off with listening. If you've had training or experience in coaching, you'll probably have a pretty good idea of how you can go about structuring and leading these sorts of conversations. But if you're unsure, here are five principles to help you. Principle one, first principle that I like to keep in mind is to make sure you open the conversation to all aspects of sustainability. People are often not aware of the range of environmental and social and economic issues that are relevant to sustainability. So in the conversation, you want to try and encourage them to pick up and explore a range of issues rather than just focusing down on one particular issue like climate, for example. But on the other hand, don't be too directive. Be relaxed. If they want to focus in on a particular issue, it's probably a sign that it's important to them. And here's a practical tip that might be useful. You might want to print out the graphic of the 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals, or you might want to encourage them to watch the video about the Sustainable Development Goals called We the People for the Global Goals. It's just three minutes and you could send them the link in advance or you could show it in the meeting on your, your laptop or tablet. And I'll give the links to these in the, in the show notes. And then the second principle, you really want to aim to build rapport and deepen your relationship with the person you're interviewing because you really want to connect with them as a person, not just connect with them professionally in their job role. Depending on your existing relationship with them, you know, it might be appropriate to acknowledge that actually you don't know much about them as a person. You'd be really interested to get to know them better and their personal interests and concerns. And although I've talked about this being an interview, I think especially where this is someone who you work with rather than like me coming in as a consultant, it's really important to sort of treat this as, yes, it's an interview, but it's also a conversation. 
So there's some dialogue, there's some to and fro here, not just not just like asking question after question and extracting information from them. So one of the things that can be really helpful here is being open about your personal concerns and your feelings around sustainability. And that can help set the tone for the conversation. It's really important that you do that in a way which is honest and authentic to yourself. So I can't really give you an example, but this is the kind of thing I mean. You might say something like, I've always been interested in environmental issues, but what's happening didn't really hit home for me until my daughter told me about her master's project on the flooding in Bangladesh. Other things you might mention that have triggered your interest and concern around sustainability might be places you've visited, people you've met, books you've read, documentaries you've watched, volunteering or other projects that you've been involved with. And then the third, the third principle here is to ask about their interests and their concerns and their feelings and listen for their needs. In the previous episode, I suggested doing research in advance about the people you're meeting. And this is really, really helpful. If you know some background about them and some of the things that they're interested in, you can do a little bit of research into how sustainability is relevant to those issues. And picking up on that can help you connect with their personal feelings and concerns. So, for example, if they're keen on football or some other sport, you could share something that you've learned about their sport and sustainability. It was news to me, but there's actually a huge amount of work that lots of sports bodies are doing around sustainability. And there's an organisation called the Sustainability Report, which champions sustainability in sport. And I'll drop the link to that in the, in the show notes. But in that example, you know, if they're really keen on football, you could talk about some of the projects that clubs are doing around aspects of sustainability in football. And whatever their personal interests, with a bit of searching, you can probably find stuff about sustainability that's relevant. And then the fourth principle... Ask about what's already happening in the organisation that's relevant to sustainability. So you might, for example, mention an existing project and ask them what they think about it and then ask what else is happening around sustainability that you might not know about. If the conversation is focused in on one particular topic or area, try and broaden the conversation out again. So say something like, the water quality project is really encouraging, but do you know if we're doing anything with community groups or schools? Or have you heard about the work that so-and-so is doing in a particular issue? And the fifth principle is steer the conversation towards solutions and possibilities and next steps. Avoid getting stuck in listening to or even worse, getting dragged into discussing why things aren't possible. Avoid getting sucked into answering questions. If this keeps happening, if they keep on asking questions, it's obviously a sign they have a need for, you know, for information. So you might want to ask, would a separate briefing session or a training be helpful? And that might be the next step for this person. And in all of this, don't just listen for the facts, but also listen for sort of the emotional engagement. So listen out for the issues and ideas that seem to give them energy. Listen out for the needs that they, they're expressing, that if they were met, could help them become more supportive and more involved. And as well as thinking about next steps that you might suggest also thinking about next steps that they have suggested themselves. I'd like to take a moment just now to let you know about our next event. If you've been listening for a while, you'll know that most people are concerned about climate change and would like to make more sustainable choices in their lives. Despite this open door, most business sustainability initiatives fail to engage staff, and as a result, they miss their targets. 
The reason is that most initiatives don't pay enough attention to what genuinely motivates colleagues, nor do they recognise the barriers that hold back even the most highly motivated employees from taking action. On Wednesday the 22nd of May, join me and Jamie, the creator of the Most Sustainable Workplace Index, and learn how the index can help you tap into and unlock most employees' latent motivation to do the right thing for people and planet. You'll discover how the index can help you to gather hard evidence of what's working and what needs attention across locations and divisions and seniority levels. You'll identify the focus areas where the sustainability team, L&D, HR and so on should allocate time and resources to make the most progress. And you'll discover how you can demonstrate year-on-year -year progress with consistent and comparable data on sustainability culture. And you can use that for action planning, reporting, benchmarking and accreditation. Do join us on Wednesday the 22nd of May. You'll find the link in the show notes. So those are the five principles to help you. And to recap, one, open the conversation to all aspects of sustainability. Two, aim to build rapport and deepen your relationship with the person you're interviewing. Three, ask about their interests, their concerns and their feelings. Listen for needs. Four, ask about what's already happening in your organisation that's relevant to sustainability. And five, steer the conversation towards solutions, possibilities and next steps. On a practical note, when you start the conversation, make sure to explain that you're in an information gathering phase and that you're not necessarily looking for concrete suggestions or commitment at this stage. And at the end of the conversation, let them know how useful it's been and that you'll be taking their contributions along with everybody else's and getting back to them soon to invite them to be involved in the next steps. And finally, after the interview, make sure to review how it went and see what you can learn for the next one. Now, let's move on to the next phase, making sense. You want to review the interviews, you want to review strategy and commitments, existing activity, and you want to use this to get a picture of not just where the organisation is at the moment, but equally important, work out where key people are at the moment. So, organisationally, what's already happening internally that can be built on? What are the external drivers that are in play now or coming up? What are the opportunities and possibilities? And in terms of the key people, personally and professionally, what are they concerned about and interested in? What do they need to encourage and enable them to be more supportive of the project and engaged in sustainability? What would they like to do next? Okay, now you've gathered all this information, you need to work out what you're going to do with it next. I'm not a fan of big complex plans, certainly not at this stage when things are so fluid. So what I suggest you want to be doing here is like get a picture of roughly how you see things developing. You might see a few different options, but don't invest time and energy in developing detailed plans and scenarios. Instead, decide what are the next couple of steps that would move things forward. And that might be a, a workshop to start identifying and quantifying the organisation's main impacts. If there's a range of options for where this project goes next, maybe the next step is to discuss these at the board meeting. If it's not quite ready to go to the board yet, maybe the next step is to go back to people individually and ask them for input and feedback on a paper that you're drafting for the board. There'll be a range of other next steps as well, but those are just a few examples to give you a flavour. The third phase is inviting. So you've decided on your next step, and now you want to invite the people you've interviewed, 
and possibly some others as well, to be involved. And the key thing here is you want to make it easy for them to say yes. So it's more likely they'll be supportive and get involved. So in the invitations, as far as possible, reflect back what you heard in the interviews so that in your proposal, they recognise the things that they're concerned about and interested in. Wherever possible, refer positively to existing commitments and policies and activities so that people who don't know about them are made aware of them and those that have been involved feel acknowledged. As you create these invitations, you'll need to think about the normal processes and culture of your organisation. But if normal processes and culture are actually a barrier to progress, it may be best to engage informally one-to-one and build support until you're confident your plans will have a good chance of success through formal channels. Those are the three phases of listening, sense-making and inviting. Hopefully you can see how you can use those to build support for sustainability among directors and senior managers. Once you've completed these three phases and started on the first step that you've invited people to, you're on your way. I'd love to hear how you get on or if you have any questions. You can find my email on our website or you can leave me a voice message via the recorder at the bottom of each page of the show notes. And with your permission, I'll maybe answer your questions and share your experience in future episodes. As regular listeners will know, at the end of each episode, I like to suggest practical action you can take. With this episode, I think it's fairly obvious that that action is to go and have conversations with your fellow directors and senior managers. You'll find all the steps for that set out in the show notes. Thanks for being with me today. I'm Osbert Lancaster, co-founder of Realize Earth. I hope you found our podcast useful and you'll be back for the next episode where I'll be taking you through how to run a workshop with your colleagues to engage and involve them with sustainability. If you know someone who might be interested in this podcast, please tell them about it. You'll find full show notes and links to resources at realize.earth slash 105. That's realize with an S. Bye for now. Don't forget, leadership for sustainability is important now more than ever. Keep up the good work and make sure to look after yourself.